0: What? Oh, my God. It is a happy, happy hour this yes, week. This is. is the happiest of weeks, isn't it? It is. We've he- hit the lowest unemployment number since numbers were invented, Chris, including the number.
1: eleven billion. That's right. Which is an invented number. Okay.
0: I mean, come on. The news that uh, Trump's lawyers are telling him he is likely to be indicted. Yep. Yep. Moving up the chain of DOJ. Zoinks. Um, wearing Black Lives Matter for justice for Breonna Taylor yep. at long last. About time. Alex Jones. Yep. Bam. Boom. His Got to get a financial colon blow. It's a happy week, right? Yes. And we—that's why we are populating the happy hour with entirely comedians, including the wildly popular Noel, Noel yes. Castler yes. who yes. knows everything about everything about Donald Trump, having worked on The Apprentice with yeah. him. Oh, we talked to Vanna Conspiracy Theories. It was oh, fantastic. Yeah. And Corny Cole, who is was EP for not just Oprah, Gail King, mm-hmm. uh, but also Dr. Oz. Dr. Laura? Yes, who has a great new podcast out making fun of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene yep. and everything that needs to be made fun of mm-hmm. in the world. Okay. So, uh, and we got a great, great happy hour for yeah, you today. Yeah, indeed we do. So enjoy, get your face up in it. Delve into
2: the shadows of the mind. dot com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. And the best part, you can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's TV slash poppods to get 50% off your first month. Noel Kassler, right. hey. a comedian
0: extraordinaire who's been trying to warn us for what, how long, Chris? Uh, Eleventy billion years. About Donald Trump. Good morning, Noel Kassler. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Stephanie. Great to be here. Nice to
0: see you again. I First of all, I couldn't wait to talk with you about Havana, and then we'll get on to other things. <laughs> <laughs> you tweeted, Trump holding a golf tournament days after his first wife and mother of some of his children are basically buried in the backyard as a new low and a long life of crassness. I saw a picture. There's literally a patch of dirt and a paving stone with her name on it for a tax break. It's so Donald Trump, isn't it?
1: Right. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And when he applied for the permit to have the cemetery on you know, on his golf course. For his tombstone, he wants a 16-foot-high obelisk. And that became contentious at the permit meeting in the town of Bedminster. I'm not even joking, right? So do you think Donald Trump would be satisfied with a paving stone with his (laughs) name carved? They didn't even spring for sod. If you saw the picture, it's it's just dirt. I I had a more elaborate thing for my cat when I buried him in the backyard.
0: (laughs) You know, Chris gives me the stank eye when I talk with a conspiracy theories Uh but I just because he's so mobby I'm like really the day before his deposition he gets out of the deposition and there's no I don't know I, I just, there. it feels like there's a lot of suspicious things about the event. The thing, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I, I agree with you hundred percent. You know, I don't want to sound conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. either, but there's a lot of very convenient deaths in Donald Trump's history. If you look into it, right? Harold Bornstein was his doctor feel good on the upper East side. He died mysteriously in January of 20, yeah. right after all that stuff happened at the Capitol. That's the same guy that his security guards took his medical records from when he was elected. Yeah. So, it's suspicious that she died it was like a 48-hour autopsy no toxicology report and then she's buried on private property where she can never be exhumed well
0: right but also 73 and an excellent skier for all we know like in good it just there seemed a lot of weird things about it that it was blunt torso force injury or like and she had no injuries or broken ankles hands anything like it just i yeah the whole thing i agree
1: Right. And I used to do an event with her every year called the Angel Ball in New York City. It was a big fundraiser, and she was a hearty woman. Do you yeah. know what I mean? She wasn't like some frail, you know, octogenarian or something that you right. think a fall down the stairs would take her out. She's a she was she was a big solid lady.
0: Yeah, hmm. yeah.
1: I just like she the way wasn't, you, said that, you know, too. she was look looked like she was a bit of a mess too, to be honest. You know? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I know. To Donald Trump, go- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you want to gossip, I know somebody who saw her in a restaurant a few days earlier and oh. said she was looking kind of rough. Oh, oh. oh. But, okay. that, that, but that looking rough is code on the Upper East Side for you know Xanax and a few. Well, that's few, what, but many- that's
0: what I was wondering about. Why there was no toxicology? Because you, you're like, unless she was impaired in some way, right?
1: absolutely and the normal procedure is it takes a couple weeks to get those results from an autopsy it's not 48 hours here you can have the body and go bury it in your backyard you know that only happens to trump
0: um can I just say, you because you have such this history, people famously know that you worked on The Apprentice with Donald Trump and you know started talking quite openly about a lot of things about him a long time ago, but you said what you're seeing from Trump's vast tentacles of corruption, uh, uh, IG uh, toadies on loan from Doug Ducey acting sycophants, you just said it should be very illuminating for those who wonder how Trump got away with so many crimes in his New York City days, because people from New York are like, he's always been a crook we've known that from day one right and but (sighs) you look you look right up through what's happening right now you're like oh of course he has somehow loyalists and people that are destroying evidence and god knows
1: what right Absolutely. He's always had a skill, a sixth sense to attract men and, and some women around him that he could corrupt. You know, he can look into a crowd and see the kind of guys that are going to do his bidding, the dogs that hunt, so to speak. And that's what his security team was. You know, Keith Schiller was an NYPD sergeant rammer who would knock down doors of drug dens in the Bronx. You know, he was the guy who knocked the door down. He went up to Trump in court and said, you need to hire me. Right. And Trump hired him. Mm. And then when you're walking around with a detail of ex-NYPD cops, you get away with stuff in New York City. Right. Because it's an impenetrable sort of wall of authority. And Trump knows that. And, and yeah. you know, we could probably get into it. But the Secret Service stuff seems very. I worked with the Secret Service ton, tons. I did inaugurations. I did, a, you know, the tree lighting at the White House, all kinds of stuff where the president was at. The Secret Service under Trump was a different Secret Service, you know, and I went to high school with Bobby Engel, the guy he tried to choke in the back of the SUV. And he was like a Marine kind of jarhead cop type. And that's the type that Trump will suck in. And it's almost like before they know it, they're doing his bidding. Do you who, know what I mean? I don't, guy- I'm not even saying they all set out with the intention of being corrupted, but being in Trump's orbit will corrupt you by osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I who mean? Was,
0: yeah. Who was the guy you hired because he saw him beat someone up? Wasn't that? That of- Matthew Colomar. <laughs> the squid. Yeah, the squid. Matty the squid. Matty the squid. Yeah.
1: Right. Matty the squid. And he beat up a guy at the U.S. Open, which was one of my gigs. It oh. happened before I was oh. on the show, but I did it for 12 years. And actually our VIP box was right next to Trump's box and he actually had assaulted somebody in that in that room. But yeah, he beat up a protester who was heckling him in Ivana. You know, or you know, like a fan at the US Open oh and Maddie God. kicked his butt and then Trump hired him.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, speaking of the sick offense, you said in my opinion, A. G. Garland should have walked in on day one, said if you were appointed by Trump, raise your hand. Okay, now grab your things and get the F out. Don't give criminals a year and a half to destroy evidence. I mean, I, I think that's the problem is you never, no one, despite how many years he's been at it, no one imagines the degree of criminality. <laughs> you're like, oh, they planned this in advance and then destroyed all the evidence already in advance. I mean, we were, you know, you listen to Matt Gates on tape to Roger Stone and you're like, oh, this is how they got away with the original treason because Stone was the one that could have put Trump away for the, you know, Russia thing. Yeah.
1: Right. A hundred percent. That's exactly how it works. That's how the mob works. That's what I was referring to in New York City. You know, that's what he did. He would corrupt people to get building permits and all this kind of stuff. And once he gets the compromise, he owes you, owns you. And like your previous caller said, I think our new leadership should have read the room a little more. Right. Because we weren't going back to normal institutional times. Trump had corrupted it. You need to know where all the landmines are, so to speak, that he left for the next guy, as he surely did. And I wrote that tweet because I was th- remember the scene in Glengarry Glen Ross when Alec Baldwin comes in, he's like, Steak knives are second place. Third yeah. place is you're fired. Exactly. You know, we needed that kind of cathartic. There's a new sheriff in town. Get out of here. If it turns mm-hmm. out you're not corrupt, we'll let you back in. But right now everybody get out of yeah. the building, you know, while we search, you know, search your file, so to speak. By
0: the way, um could I ask speaking of uh building contracts, could I ask a random question? You tweeted Trump never got a building contract that did not have a job attached to it. It's crass, but true and well known in certain real estate circles.
1: Yeah, that's what he would do. That's what I was referring to. When he owned the Plaza Hotel, for Uh example, he would have these big parties in his suite there and he would invite building inspectors, guys he needed to do business with, loan officers at banks. And back then he owned Trump Model Management, where he would bring in these girls from, you know, the Soviet, post-Soviet bloc, Mm. Eastern Europe, and he would have them you know, served up as party favors oh basically at these parties. And then he would collect compromise on the dudes who invailed, availed themselves, you know? So of that would this be a
0: blackmail, but on top of the human trafficking operation that he was Bingo. running.
1: Okay. And, right. and that's not hyperbole. That's in books. You know, uh, you know, David Kaye wrote about that. Richard James Zirin. Right. Like, I'm not right. making this stuff up for your listeners. They right. can research it.
0: Right. So. <laughs> Can we, speaking of Havana, I was trying to, some some people have a photographic memory. Did she not write in her first book about him raping her, right? And also he got a hair transplant, a doctor that she had recommended, I think, and he was in a lot of pain, right? Or something didn't, it didn't work properly. And so he wanted her to feel the same pain. This is what she wrote, that he pulled out clumps of her hair so Mm -hmm. she would be in as much pain and raped her. But then yes. what what happened that she then retracted it, right? And Wright said, oh, well, I didn't really mean rape in the classics. Like, you know what I mean? She backpedaled after a settlement. Yeah. Can you explain? The settlement. Yeah. The
1: divorce settlement. She, she talked about it. He, he, it left a scar on his forehead. And he said, you've ruined my life. And then he committed those physical acts of violence upon her and said, how do you feel now? Right? So she documented all this. But when they were going through the divorce, when they finally got the settlement, one of the contingencies was that she'd have to sign an NDA and retract those statements to get the check and she did and went off to live in you know relative obscurity until he had to catch up with her you know last month but uh that's what he does and that's you know that story is is key as hard as it is to hear that's yeah. an insight into his personality he's a very sadistic human being you know he's much sicker than even the world knows seeing all of his crimes and i know tons of people that have similar stories not tons but i know a few and they're their stories so i can't tell them but you know he was known as a very sort of violent you know sort of man
0: yeah yeah well, I mean, again, up till today, you said it's becoming pretty apparent how vast the conspiracy was on January 6th from the Secret Service agents that were Trump toadies to the DHS and members of Congress. That was a straight up coup attempt. It was the only only the mediocrity of MAGA that made it fail, locked them all up. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, they keep calling it stupid Watergate or whatever. But it, it, I guess that, that's what's really sort of astounding, right, is that this guy. This bag of trans fats, Like, how does he find people like the Secret Service? Like you were saying that they're not even loyal, not even to the Republican Party. Right. That's why Pence was nervous that he finds people that are loyal to the cult of Donald Trump. Right.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. And I said he's got a sixth sense to do it and he can find he can find the personality type that will it'll work on, you know, remember his chief Kelly was a chief of staff who's a good example. Kelly was like, had 80% of that personality, right? He's a Boston guy. He's a military guy. He sort of leans a little racist based on his record. Trump thought he could completely corrupt him and he couldn't, right? And John Kelly left the chief of staff operation. But most guys aren't John Kelly. You know, most guys give into it. And that loyalty thing becomes like a codependent relationship because Trump's also an active addict, as I've said. And addiction has its own psychological. You know, it's it's a family disease, they say. Right. So you get you get sort of drawn into covering for the guy. And Trump is very charming. I know that sounds bizarre, but if you're in his inner circle, he's always puffing those guys up. How's your wife? How's your kids? Let me call them on their birthday. You know, he knows how to sort of make you you know, sort of cultivate your loyalty. And, yeah, and Ted Bundy I, was
0: like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very charming. So most sociopaths yeah, exactly. are very charming. Right,
1: so, so, exactly. Narcissists are charming. It's part of the whole, you know, psychological bag of tricks that they have. Yeah. And can I say one more thing? You yeah. mentioned Matt Gitz. That example of him showing those pictures to other congressmen on the yeah. floor of, of, you know, at the house saying, young look girls. at this girl I slept with last night. What he was doing, in my opinion, was looking for guys that wanted some of that. He was mm-hmm. looking for the guy who was going to say, that looks good. And then Matt would say, well, come by Trump Hotel on Friday night. I'm having a little party in the suite, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then he would hook that person up with a girl, and then they would own that congressman. I think Matt Getz was fishing on behalf of wow. Trump to comp, you know, to no, pull people in for compromise.
0: I'm curious, watching a lifetime of this, you know, of Donald Trump and, and what's going on now with January 6th. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Is he going to go down? Are all these people going to go down for him? You know what I mean? Like, the, are they going to yeah. flip? Are they going to What what is going to be? Or do you feel like this lifetime of karma is going to catch up with him?
1: God, it's the question of the hour, isn't mm-hmm. it? Rolling Stone had some good reporting last night that he's shifting his legal defense to look for a fall guy. Now, yep. you yep. know, they're going to look for a Mark Miller or Mark Meadows, rather, or somebody like that to sort of lay the blame on. I think legally, that's their strategy. You know, I'd like to say he's going to go to prison. I don't really see that that's ever going to happen. You know, in my opinion, he's sort of already gotten away with it. He's 76 years old. He just had a golf tournament this weekend. You know, he's having rallies every weekend. He's still fundraising. So even if they sort of get him dead to rights, it's going to take years to work its way through the courts. He's going to be able to pay fines and stuff like that. What I do hope and what I think is commendable is the January 6th committee. I think they're really illuminating how vast the conspiracy is. And I think, you know, there'll be some comeuppance, but it's a race against the clock. You know, the the flip side of that is if they take back the House and the Senate in November, it's all over. Andrew Weissman just just said
0: that. And can I just say, you're still a helper at the end of the day. You tweeted, y'all need to stop making fun of how Trump looks today. He can't wear his girdle when he's playing golf. Ah. And I think that was nice of you to point that out.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'm still looking out for him, you know. It's a hard plastic girdle that I've seen people strap him into, and it's not a pretty sight, but he can't swing a golf club in it. So when he's on the course, he can't wear the shoe lifts or the girdle. So he's <laughs> out of his element.
0: Which why he's a perfect candidate for men who look like oldbuzzguids.com. My
2: <laughs>
0: of the thorn in the usa podcast get it yeah thorn Thorn in the usa get it get it (laughs) (laughs) corny i we first of all we just talked a little bit off air we have one degree of separation you were the executive producer for oprah gail king dr maya angelou Susie orman dr oz dr laura i i've connected by one degree to all of those people as well but Okay, tell us quickly, because this podcast sounds fantastic. Uh, there is a fictional host, Mar- uh, Margaret Penelope Taylor, is Representative Marjorie Penelope. Taylor Penelope. Green's biggest fan. Pardon?
2: It's Margaret oh, Penelope. Pardon me.
0: <laughs> pardon me. Okay. And she's Marjorie Taylor Greene's biggest fan. Uh, The podcast is written, produced, designed, performed by a group of concerned citizens who hold these truths to be self-evident. Women's rights are human rights. Fox News is an existential threat to our democracy. And three, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a national embarrassment. So (laughs) we'll delve delve into your past, but tell us about this and where, where the idea came for this
2: you know it it came very recently when the uh when the leaked SCOTUS uh decision came out back in May Um, I am semi-retired I've been in radio for Twenty to thirty years, yes, and was enjoying my life. And when, when, and you know, I'm postmenopausal, so my ovaries are all dried up, and 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 I can't, I don't really worry about getting pregnant. But I have two nieces who are fertile. Right. And when that leaked decision came out, I just became utterly enraged. Wait,
0: you you mean to say that you care about people other than yourself? Is that what you're saying? Even though your womb is a dry and rocky place that where no man's seed can find purchase, you
2: precisely okay. precisely All that right. dry and rocky and um yeah, yeah it, it, there are webs in there yeah. stephanie <laughs> sure. i'll tell you sure.
0: oh it's like mine there's barroom doors, you there's, guys have a barroom room C- doors. there's tumbleweeds there's cactus yeah uh-huh.
2: exactly yeah exactly uh-huh. yeah. yeah and so yeah so my uh nieces are of the uh birthing age and i adore them and so this was really uh, when i heard that it was just i had to add my voice to the fight and stephanie you and travis and your team has just been doing a spectacular job and you know over the last couple of years it's like nobody is really breaking through in any way other than via comedy, so right. you know you are able to expose the far right for who and what they are. Stephen Colbert has done an amazing job. John Beth Stewart,
0: L- John Stewart, John Stewart, right? Oh like my what? God. And we're all the comedians. We're all just like just all right. We'll do it. Jesus, we'll do it.
2: <laughs> we'll throw ourselves on the cross. You know, uh, uh, I would say uh, John Oliver has just been mm-hmm. spectacular. Yes. Yeah. And um, Beth Lapidus, who is a friend of both of ours. Yeah. Um And, and I think you can't argue with crazy, so you have to just expose it. And so we came up kind of with a construct for Thorne in the USA. And uh, she is Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, second cousin once removed. But nothing, I haven't proved that through DNA yet. But she is the Marjorie Taylor Greene whisperer.
0: What? Okay, but Corny, what's the line, funny and sad? Because you, you saw that she is actually being, you know, thought of for vice president on I a, a Trump ticket. And so things that you cannot write, write cannot, in a comedy, you're like, oh, my God, this could actually happen. <laughs> could
2: actually yes, vice exactly. Presidential. So <laughs> that's why we're describing it as a satire within a satire within a satire that is our democracy. Right. I'm trying so, to imagine
0: uh, how fast my dad and Goldwater would spin
2: in their graves if
0: <laughs> Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor right. Greene
2: are the ticket
0: in 20. 20- 24
2: oh my lord if it's a ticket my well for one thing my podcast is going through the roof am i right right
0: yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah um you <laughs> tweeted you love all the same people we love you tweeted support john fetterman a pennsylvanian from pennsylvania running for a senate seat in pennsylvania what a novel idea yeah novel right yeah
2: Yeah. in fact isn't he spectacular he is great is just he is the salt of the earth. He yeah. is truly organic and wonderful, and and I love him. And and the, you know the same is true with um, uh, Curtis in in Georgia, who yeah. is is fighting against uh, the awful Marjorie Taylor Greene. I just you know? saw
0: Mandela Barnes for the first time on TV. He is fantastic in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. I think yes. I hope he. It's Ron Johnson. Yeah. Be, oh, and I think Ron Johnson is eminently beatable. Yes, um, I think so too. But yeah, Fetterman, I my, I always cite my favorite that someone's like, hey, Fetterman, are you just going to post your way into the Senate? And he's like, well, we're sure going to try, son. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love, I, it is so satisfying to me how much he is trolling Dr. Yes. Oz. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is, every post he does, it's just like, it's it's cathartic. Uh, Courtney, it's cathartic. We will
0: bond on this because we've been talking about the Alex Jones stuff. First of all, his <gasps> financials coming out that he makes, I don't know, $165 million, peddling, peddling pure lies and bull mm-hmm. supplements, just yes. like Dr. Oz. But we were talking about how it's all one story. Trump, yeah. Oz, you know, Alex Jones, they're all grifters and con men and they're selling bull. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yes. and it's extraordinary it- how many suckers there are. That buy right. it,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. One one of the episodes that we do, we draw a straight line from Sarah Palin okay. to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, I think you can you can see. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. They're all cut of the same cloth and they are all incredibly destructive. You know, Stephanie, I mentioned to you that I went back to Michigan this last week. I'm from Michigan. Uh-huh. And um, and so all of my relatives in Michigan, they are very conservative, as is the way in Michigan. But they, they, they're conservative. They're Republican. They cannot stand Marjorie Taylor Green. You yeah. know, they they, they see the, the far right as being so incredibly destructive. So the podcast is kind of fun in that, you know, it, it really, is kind of galvanizing hopefully us in the middle and and i am following your in your footsteps uh, in your footsteps saving democracy because that is now our calling thank
0: you well you know know, we were saying that uh, shut up and breed is not the winning message that uh, republicans thought it would be in 2022 (laughs) based on kansas right Right. and it's (laughs) right you know total abortion bans are not popular even with conservatives so you know i I feel this blue tsunami building i don't know about you but You got to talk to me about Dr. Oz. So, you executive produced for Dr. Oz? I executive produced.
2: So, I was the executive producer for Oprah Radio when they launched initially. It was called Oprah and Friends Mm -hmm. in 2006 on XM, and then XM and Sirius. grew together, and I oversaw that whole channel, and so, yeah, I had a lot of interactions with Dr. Oz. We also took his his, uh, show on the satellite, and we took it uh, terrestrially as well, and he was lovely. You know, I I really have nothing negative to say. As a doctor...
0: He's on record saying it is not a heartbeat at six weeks. But yes. now, what happens to these people, Courtney? Where they that, have to become right-wing
2: science denying lunatics, even doctors like him? Right, right. He, and and just bending over for for yes, the former guy yeah. is is just a stunning. I never would have seen it. And and another person that I EP'd for was Lisa Oz. So when uh, Mehmet had a show on. The, the Oprah channel, Lisa Oz did as well and it was a weekly show and it was it was very spiritually oriented. Right. And for for it I can't fathom being super spiritual and thinking, okay, a hundred percent um against abortion is a good thing. I, I it just it yeah. it blows my mind. Yeah. Um, it's like Trump And has- and it's sad and and um you know that's why we gotta fight back.
0: Well okay our one degree of separation. I worked for Oprah twice. Um, okay. uh, for Oxygen Network, and I, ho- I co-hosted every Wednesday with Gail King on the Oxygen Network. You also EP'd for Gail King, who we both said is the loveliest person, loveliest. ever, yeah. loveliest, yeah.
2: the most, the most gifted. Um, talk radio host that i have ever worked with and i've worked with a lot and and but she is just you just you got to switch on gail you turn her on she can entertain oh, yeah. you and make you laugh oh, for 10 hours straight the best
0: stories were before we went on air on oxygen <laughs> and i got like the best stories ever oh including the one i'm not even sure if i'm supposed to share it. but it's still the best story ever it was funny when oprah was trying to get her library back from from oxygen network uh-huh, uh-huh. uh oxygen uh, executive actually said to her uh i don't know can we see tape I swear to you, I swear to God, hand to God, Gail told me. Gail told me. Someone said, which would be funny even if Oprah didn't own the network. Right. It still would be funny. I'm Oprah <laughs> Winfrey. Perhaps you know my work. Because <laughs> they wanted to know what show she was pitching, which became Oprah right. after the show. Right. Which is, that's how she got her library back. But it's, come on. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I went to uh, approach... Oprah and Gail, at a fundraiser for Obama at Oprah's place. And uh, Uh Oprah's guards went, not from behind. Don't approach Miss Winfrey (laughs) from behind. And I said, but I'm friends with Gail. Gail, tell them. Hi, Gail.
2: I'm friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Gail, I enjoyed working with Gail so, so much. Um, You know, it's funny, talking about her her gift of the gab. On her final show, so they took our radio show and then they started shooting it for uh, the Oprah Winfrey network mm-hmm. right so then they made it into a TV show right. and her final radio show I took kind of a script that I usually do which kind of just bullet points what she talks about yeah. it was completely blank I put it in front of her and then we were live and she's saw Courtney what am I supposed to do with this I'm like talk like you always <laughs> right. do gail and it was probably one of the most entertaining two hours that you know with absolutely no plan she just started telling stories and we were yeah. laughing our asses the best off episode
0: was... of ari melber lately was she happened to be somewhere he was filming and she's like
2: hi ari
0: and she just went on the show by accident <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the other one dr laura i started with dr laura at uh, kfi here um yes. now did you start like screening for her and did you ever tell anyone hang up now hang up now <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't like Pretty you know what i mean because the people you're like the people that went i don't know my husband my boyfriend's still an addict but i
2: got pregnant by a is
0: that okay? i'm like no
2: hang up now hang up now <laughs> you know, back in the day like uh in in the 90s she was actually very talented mm-hmm. and funny and yeah. self-deprecating yeah. and
0: yeah. Then no i know her to, yes i know i, yeah, I worked with it, her yeah
2: it, and then back to the ego thing it's just like her she kept growing and kind of yeah. drinking her own spew, and then she just became awful. Oh, she, um, but, but yes, she I mean, was my she, mentor
0: of sorts. At KFI, I was a little tiny baby radio yeah, talk show. I host. was too. Yeah. I was too. Yeah. We
2: were we were um, in opposite corners, sucking our thumb, avoiding her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about Doctor Angelou? That she had to have been amazing oh, she, to work with.
2: She was a spectacular human being. She was just fantastic and lovely and funny. She was so, so funny. Um, I, I remember her executive producer at Oprah Radio was um, a woman named Rita Wack. And and I said in front of uh, Dr. M- Maya, I said, is your producer, Dr. Wackadoo? And she laughed so hard. And to have Dr. Maya Angelo laugh at your joke yeah. Just is so yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So, Amazing. yeah, she was, that was one of the greatest experience working working with and for her.
0: Wow. I only had one conversation with Oprah. Uh, she uh, came in the room, and then, you know, the people, the river, the Red Sea parted, people, I, she was in yes. front of me suddenly, and uh, I think I fell on the ground and just like, did some funny, yes. like, whatever, and she just said, get up. That was it. That was pretty much, and then I said, Fling, huh, Oprah. So that's, that was the extent of my contact with Oprah. Did, but uh,
2: did, did she say, did she say, get up? Stephanie, I don't. Did you she? know, I don't think so. I don't remember. It's oh, all a blur.
0: Okay. Oh.
1: okay. <laughs> at least there was some familiarity if she said right. Stephanie. Yes, but... right. Well, yeah. she was
2: aware who I was.
1: <laughs> I thought you existed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I um, remember the first time when I started working at Harpo, and um, you know, on the phones, it, it popped up Oprah Winfrey. I'm like, ah, yeah. ah, <laughs> ah. I said hello, and she said are you afraid that the principal is calling you? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> you
0: did your Mary Tyler Moore impression. Is that what that was?
2: <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, no.
0: This is... All right. Listen, Thorn in the USA is the podcast. I, su- I assume you get it wherever you get your podcasts, correct? Yes. Wherever you
2: get your podcast, Yeah. Just Google Thorn in the USA podcast and it'll, it'll pop right up.
0: Well, I can't believe it took this long to, uh, to meet you. Thank you, Beth Lepidus and,
2: uh, and come back anytime.
0: Yes. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I love you guys really really you're spectacular thank you're doing you. the lord's work
0: well chris is an atheist so whatever yeah, yeah, you know. i'll take chris, it chris
2: it's okay yeah. take it he's just you're doing, doing some the guys lord's work. work whether you whether you admit to it or even know it you're doing the lord's work chris <laughs> oh thank you
0: thank you corny <laughs> thank you corny we'll see you next time there she goes you guys <laughs> all right there goes corny cole yeah. thorn in the usa that's right